The Los Angeles DA continues to not do his job and be proud of it. J.K. Rowling of Harry Potter fame gets canceled again. And do our kids really need to be pulled further from reality? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, remember I told you yesterday about the how the state of Los Angeles and how Josie was really surprised about how bad it was. And then I told her it was because nothing in Los Angeles was illegal. Nobody is getting thrown in jail. Well, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon, who remains probably one of the worst human beings in the world, has decided to create a program for juvenile criminals so that they don't get locked up. The program is called Restorative Enhanced Diversion for Youth Pathway. That's excellent. What a great name. That's the longest name I've ever actually seen. Uh, It's actually meant to send fledgling criminals to rehabilitation instead of Juvenile Hall. I actually thought Juvenile Hall was part of the rehabilitative process, plus the um, punishment process of committing crimes, but I guess that's not a thing anymore for Los Angeles. Uh, So instead of going to Juvenile Hall, they'll basically be given a diversion. Uh, They'll be given diversion, and that means no charges will ever be filed against them. Now, the felonies that would qualify are considered, quote, nonviolent felonies, But you tell me, the felonies that would qualify are burglary, assault without firearms or extensive injuries. I am assuming that threatening someone with a knife is would fall under this and bat. Maybe that would fall under this vehicle theft, robbery, grand theft person, which is muggings, uh, sexual battery and arson. Now, I don't know about you. But those seem like pretty serious felonies. Sexual battery? Arson? It sounds to me that these people need to be punished along with being rehabilitated when they convict, if they are convicted of these crimes. But they'll never have to go to court. So it's okay. Here's the thing. In all these crimes, there are actual victims. You know, People's had their stuff burned down. Someone actually got touched without permission. Someone's stealing somebody else's car. What about the rights of the people that are the victims? Because that doesn't seem to be cons- uh, considered by this Gascon idiot. Well, the deputy DAs in Los Angeles are not thrilled with this. There are a bunch of people that are saying, well, I mean, we're never going to Nothing's ever going to get done here. Uh, One deputy DA, Jonathan Hatami, uh, basically said this is a slap on the wrist for some pretty serious felonies. He said, quote, diversion means that we're not charging anybody. So if we're not charging anybody, if we're not charging anybody, they don't go through the court system. So you can't give them any sort of programs that are monitored through the court. And that's absolutely correct. They should have to go through the court system. They should have to see just how crappy it is to go through the court system. 
I was arrested when I was 17 for drugs. I had to go through the court system. Okay? And guess what? I never wanted to do it again, so I haven't used drugs since. It's, it, for a lot, for some people, going through that system sucks so much they don't want to do it again. Not to mention, it's not like this hasn't been tried before. It's been tried in New York and Chicago, and it didn't work there either. These kids just basically got off on diversion, realized they weren't going to get go to go to juvie, and then they committed more crimes. Don't forget the crime is most people do not commit crimes. Less than one percent of the population actually commits crimes. Crimes are committed through recidivism. People commit crime after crime after crime. The way we lower crime, we put people in jail. And we put people in jail not for rehabilitation. We put people in jail to punish them. Get them off the street. Rehabilitate. You should go to jail and never want to go back. That's the point of this whole thing. It's meant to be a punishment. Well, good for Los Angeles. Time to move on it. Time to move if you, if uh, to move from Los Angeles and hell California altogether. California is not getting any better because quality of life here sucks. It it is really bad in Los Angeles. Okay, it, this story really shows the state of this country, and it also shows how good we actually have it in this country. Because if this is a story. It means that, hey, things are, things are going really well. According to the New York Post, a sport inspired by Harry Potter is going full muggle. U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch said in a joint news release that they will change their name, citing author J.K. Rowling's outspoken views on transgender issues. Now, J.K. Rowling's basically said, that men are men and women are women, and men who say they are women are still men, and they should not be able to compete in women's sports. She's, it wasn't transphobic, which everyone says, oh, she's a transphobic. That's not transphobic. She just said that if you're a man that says you're a woman, that doesn't make you a woman, and therefore you should not be uh, competing against other women. And we talked about that swimmer in the University of Pennsylvania last week, who, by the way, is now looking like University of Pennsylvania is transphobic because they're about to kick him off the team because he keeps beating everybody. I said he's because he was a he last year. So you don't suddenly just snap and you're suddenly a she. But anyway, Rowling's statements just kind of common sense. But apparently it's transphobic. The league released a statement saying, um, let's see, where is it here? Uh, Our sport has developed a reputation as one of the most progressive sports in the world of gender equality and inclusivity. Well, there's your part of your problem right there. In part, thanks to uh, to its gender maximum rule, which stipulates that a team may not have more than four players of the same gender on the field at the same time. 
Both organizations feel it is imperative to live up to the reputation in all aspects of their operations and believe this move is a step in the right direction. Okay. Okay, if you've never, you don't know what Quidditch is. If you've never seen Harry Potter. First off, if you've never seen Harry Potter, you've been saved three hours of your life because it is just not that great a show. I never liked it. I saw the first and I thought it was okay. But I, it's just, and the books are terrible. I read my, I read the books to my kids when they came out, and I was just like, these, these are terrible. So if you don't know how Quidditch is played, you're not alone. It's a fictional game where the kids are flying around on brooms. Uh, all of the kids are trying to score goals. They're trying to throw a ball, a volleyball, through uh, one of three hoops to score points. Two other kids are flying around trying to chase chase this little gold sphere thing. If someone catches the gold sphere thing, then the game is automatically over and the team that caught the sphere thing is the winner. Now, of course, that little sphere thing runs so fast no one ever wins by catching it. I think if I remember the movie or the show, only one person in like a hundred years had caught that little sphere thing, but whatever. Okay. It's fictional. So they're flying around on brooms. This is not a realistic game. I basically didn't understand how these guys played Quidditch, how it became an actual sport. Well, it did. And it, it looks... I had to look it up on the internet. I had to go to YouTube and and look this up, and it is as bizarre as it look as you'd think it would look. It's basically the same. It's water polo on grass, and these and the players are running around with a volleyball, trying to throw throw it through the hoops, and they're all holding sticks between their legs, acting like they're brooms. My God. That this is an actual story that every news outlet published, it shows the state of our country. My God. Okay, if you thought that story, the last story, is not, it doesn't show how out of touch people are, how about this story? This is a worse story. Wait till you hear this one. Okay, again, according to the New York New York uh, Post, Meta revealed the uh, Meta revealed that a woman was sexually harassed while on while in the metaverse. That's Facebook's new uh, virtual reality. Basically, you put on these goggles, then you connect online, and you can meet people virtually in a Facebook room and you guys can talk. I mean, there was a marriage in one of them last, last week. There was a marriage on, in the metaverse. So Meta revealed the sexual harassment. The incident on December 1st saying it occurred on November 26th. The woman had reported the assault. This is a sexual assault on the Horizon World's beta testing Facebook group. Quote, sexual harassment is no joke on on the regular internet, but being in VR adds another layer that makes the event more intense, she wrote, according to Verge. 
Not only was I groped last night, but there were other people there who supported this behavior, which made me feel isolated in the plaza, the virtual environment's central gathering place. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have a I have an Oculus. That's the VR that they use, that, that Metaverse uses. And I, I love the thing. I do. I, it's great for Friday nights with families. Me and Josie's kids will sit back and we'll play it, and I can cast it to the television so we can actually watch what they're doing. There's one Saber game, which is just a, a grand, a lot of fun. You get exercise from it. Um, the kids watched me play a horror game, and they said it was it was like watching a movie. They actually got scared whenever something popped out. It also has a tendency to give you a lot of exercise because you're running all over, you moving all over the place within a six foot uh, radius. I you sweat on some of these games. You run out of breath on some of these games. You're really working out. Now I understand what Facebook is trying to do. They're trying to create another platform, and I thought it yes, I could see this being kind of a cool thing. Uh, I just don't think it's really great for this society that we're already disconnected from each other. We'll get more into that in a few minutes. But we're already disconnected from each other now. Uh, I'm not sure it's a great thing. Um, further down in the article, in, a, in its statement about the incident, Meta pointed to its safe zone feature, which allow users to place a block against interaction with other users. However, the company admitted that it needs to work on making the feature trivially easy and findable, said Vivek Sharma, the vice president of Horizon, in a statement to Verge. Meta spokesman Krista Millen to also told MIT Technology Review that users are required to complete training that covers safeguarding tools before joining Horizon Worlds, while reminders are also prompted during the user's experiences. So now we have to have safe spaces in video games. <laughs> I mean, come on now. You know, and by the way, that is what Oculus is. It's a video game. Continuing, I, I heard the same crap, too, when it came to, what was that game I played Oh, I played for years and then I, I quit um, because it just got too much. Uh, God, multi-massive player game. I can't remember. I'll remember and probably in the middle of this next section of the article. Sexual harassment in virtual reality is sexual harassment in real life, full stop, experts have said. At the end of the day, the nature of virtual reality is such that it is, or quote, uh, designed to trick a user into thinking they are physically in a certain place that their bod bodily action is occurring in a 3D environment, said Catherine Cross, PhD, a student researcher of online harassment at the University of Washington. It's, quote, it's part of the reason why emotional reactions can be stronger in that space and why VR triggers the same internal nervous system and psychological responses, she added. No. I disagree with her. I know I'm not a PhD in psychology, but no. Uh, 
Sexual harassment in VR is not the same as sexual harassment in life. Sexual, hara- sexual assault in VR is not the same as sexual harassment in life. This is the problem. If harassment in VR is real, then I am a mass murderer because of games I've played, like Call of Duty. I'm a batterer because I played games like Mortal Kombat. I'm a Jedi because I play games like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. See how stupid that is? You know what? If you're being harassed, if you feel so bad, turn it off or take it off your head. That's all you have to do. The harassment stops. It's not real. But we're living in a society now where real is fantasy and fantasy is real. and, And the other thing, this is a real insult to women who are actually sexually harassed in real life. I mean, so... It's... It's stupid. And the question you've got to ask yourself, where does it end? Will we end up with virtual rape? How about virtual murder? Are we going to have to create laws now to counter virtual crimes? Are we going to see civil lawsuits because of things that are done in the wrong virtually? See where I'm going with this? Where does it end? The reality is... You enter a 3D world to get away from the real world. But if you're going to apply the same rules in a virtual reality that are in the real world, I mean, where's the escape at that point? We as a society are already having problems with reality. We think men can be women. We think the 1619 Project is real history. We've also become lazy and fat. Now with virtual reality, we don't even need to get off the couch to meet people. We'll be very soon. I mean, they've already had a virtual reality wedding. Very soon we'll be able to have sex in virtual reality. We don't have to do it in real life. People need to get off the couch and socialize with other people. We have enough problems with this with phones. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you look around and you see these people are on their phones? They'll be at a table with four four people and all of them are on their phones? Nobody's talking? Finally, and that brings us to the other important point, do our kids really need something like this? The internet has been the greatest blessing and the worst curse. For me, the internet is all human knowledge at my fingertips. That's what it is. Whenever I have a question, I just look it up. But our kids, who have always had this technology, it's always been in their lives. I remember I used to have to go, I used to have to go look things up in an encyclopedia if I wanted to learn something. Our kids don't have to do that anymore. They have, and what's worse, not only are they getting away from reality, they're losing their their focus. They're losing their attention to detail. They, they can't keep attentive. This isn't going to help. I guarantee you, I mean, it's really killing our kids. We can see it. Drug addiction overdoses are up. Depression is up. 
The population is shrinking because people are not having sex anymore. This was the first, the first in 2020 when we had the uh, census. It was the first time in our history of the United States our population was actually going down. I think these phones are dangerous for our kids. And I think I, I would think in 10 to 20 years, there are going to be enough studies that prove this. And you watch. It's going to be that you're going to need to be 21 or 18 before you can get a phone. I would not be shocked if we saw regulations like this because there's going to be enough proof that these phones are dangerous to our youth that they're going to actually regulate them, much like they do alcohol, driving a car, or anything like that. You just watch. It's going to happen. Okay, uh, last part here. Um, this is Christmas week. Merry Christmas. And as you can imagine, the Grinches on the left are go are all going to convince people that they should be miserable during one of the greatest times of every year. Especially the most revered Christian holiday, Christmas. So there's this opinion article from the Washington Post called I Hate Christmas and You Should Be Okay With That by Brian Broom. Now, when I was reading this, first off, I I don't know. I know lots of people that hate Christmas. They hate holidays. I, I really just don't care. I don't want to hang out with those people. But when I read this article, I had a question about this article. And it's a question I actually did posit in the comments section of the article because I was, this is, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that question at the end. Maybe you'll have that question too. So let's read, uh, let's read Brian's, Brian Broom's, Broom, it's probably what he's flying around. Brian Broom's article here. Okay, here we go. I can feel it now, the way a buzzard can smell carry-on from miles away. The dreaded season is here. Even if the commercial started long ago, the ads feature beautiful pair people wearing violently colorful sweaters and pouring fine liqueur into glistening glassware. The stores where I buy my meager hungry man frozen dinners now explode with silver and red in a gaudy celebration of unchecked poinsettia riddled capitalism. I hate Christmas. I This will basically tell you what the article is about. Okay, first off, um, right off the bat, he violently color. Listen, I mean, the wording here is really beautiful. A buzzard can smell carry-on from miles away. So dead bodies he's putting up with Christmas. Violently colorful sweaters. So it's violence that Christmas is. And of course, poinsettia riddled capitalism because capitalism is terrible, right? All this stuff he, he's mixing in together. Now, I do want to point out one thing. My meager, hungry man frozen dinner. Of course, gaudy celebration. I forgot about that part. But my meager, hungry man frozen dinner. He's alone. Gee. After when you read the rest of this article, you'll know exactly why he doesn't have anyone at home waiting for him. Okay, so let's go continue. We don't speak up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, us holiday haters, we tend to keep our feelings to ourselves. We endure the commercial breaks that remind us 
quote, every kiss begins with K, end quote, and watch as still more beautiful people are surprised by enormous red bows on the top of expensive cars. We watch, uh, that irritates me too. We watch the advertisements for Hallmark movies in which some successful yet unhappy woman moves to a small town and discovers the true meaning of Christmas by meeting some working class dude for whom she will upend her entire life just because he gives her a snow globe. But yes, but this year, I'd like to be heard. Not everyone is down for all the glee. Okay, who the hell is this guy kidding? We hear about Christmas. Christmas is bashed every year. Television shows that I used to watch in the 70s and 80s celebrating Christmas are being pulled because they're politically incorrect. They have a satanic uh, decoration in Virginia because the Satanists want to piss on Christmas. Articles like this one are all over the internet. What are they talking about that they never say anything? That he needs his voice being heard? Heck, we're not even supposed to say Merry Christmas anymore. We're supposed to say Happy Holidays because we need to continue to piss on Christmas. And it's not just Christmas that's attacked. It's President's Day. It's Easter. It's Independence Day. It's Columbus Day. It's Thanksgiving. Every You remember last month, I read an article about Thanksgiving. I mean, these guys are constantly attacking. As a matter of fact, you know what I wish? I wish these guys would stop talking about how bad Christmas is. Just let the people that enjoy Christmas enjoy Christmas. Leave us alone. We don't really, really want to hear your opinion about it. I do. I like reading these stupid opinions. It makes me feel good about myself. Okay, let's continue. I come from a Christian family, and I recognize the significance of the holiday. First off, that must have, that must not have been much of a Christian uh, holiday. You'll find out why in a couple paragraphs. I know the backstory as a child in a church play. I turned uh, in quite a nuanced performance of as a camel. I do like the way this guy writes, though. I mean, he may be a Grinch, but he writes well. But I hated Christmas even then because my family didn't have money. We got practical presents in the good years. A scarf, a new mitten, socks, and, of course, the dreaded underpants. Our holiday tree, glowing bright in the middle of the living room, was a beacon of disappointment. I didn't... So, in other words, this guy's basically bitter. I didn't like Christmas in part because the steel mill where my father worked had closed. The news did nothing to stop the commercials with shiny, happy children opening reams of colorful paper to reveal the things that always I always wanted, they'd always wanted. The ads seemed to suggest that more stuff you got, the better person you were. That's what commercials do. I learned through those commercials that good people got presents and that my family was trash. I took it into me every year like communion. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, he's got to bring up the Christian imagery. That's we're going to talk about that. Sometimes I wonder what essential part of me is missing. I know that Christmas is supposed to be about family, but as I grew into adulthood, I became my own person. I found that family can be challenging when the thrust upon you all at once. Okay, the the one thing he he is missing, the part that he's missing that he is trying to search for is that he actually doesn't, quote, recognize the significance of the holiday. 
The holiday is not about presents. The holiday is about the joy of Christ being born. That's what it is. And him saying that I understand the significance, the next two paragraphs, and matter of fact, the whole article shows you don't understand the significance of the holiday. The holiday is not about presents. The holiday is not about wealth or whether you're a good person or not. Uh, and matter of fact, one of the things you learn when you become an adult like me is to celebrate the pain in the ass that is Christmas, which is the shopping and the presents and the wrapping, and the actual holiday that it meant to be, a joyous celebration of the birth of Christ and, and how he saved the world. It really is like this. Even Jews acknowledge it's a beautiful holiday. It's a great message. I mean, my daughter's married to a Jew, and he loves celebrating Christmas. Continuing with this article. Each year around this time, I find it more difficult to balance the awful things we see happening in the rest of the year with the joy I'm supposed to drum up near the end of it. With age, it's harder for me to reconcile the goodwill we're supposed to feel toward each other at the holidays with the horrible way we treat each other the rest of the year. It feels fake. You may have loved someone who seems out of sorts this year. I ask only that you understand that this forced cheer can exasperate feelings of despair. For some, the sounds of Mar Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You portends a dark time where we feel the need to force something that just isn't within us. What's partly why each year I give to and support the organization that provides children from struggling families with toys? I give them as much as my money, as much of my money and time as I can afford. I don't, and this is a good thing. I don't want any child to feel like I did when something shiny wasn't beneath the tree. Here's the thing. This, this is the problem. I, I, this is the problem with his, with his article altogether. We should have the joy that we gain during Christmas all year round. The charity that we're supposed to provide during Christmas should be year-round. Stories like Christmas, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, that was the point of the story, is you shouldn't be grumpy during, not only should you not be grumpy during Christmas and you should joyful be joyful, that joy during Christmas should be ignite joy and charity for all year-round. That's what happened with Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, this is the message they also teach you in church. That the joy of Christmas should be in your heart all year round. This is why I keep saying this guy does not understand the concept of Christmas. He does not understand it at all. This guy doesn't allow himself those feelings in the first place. He refuses to have them which is probably why he's alone at home eating a hungry man. He, is a, he was bitter when he was a kid, and he's grown up into a bitter man. And people see this in him, which is why he's alone. Is there, there is a little hope for him. The fact that he goes out and he donates to families, he donates to struggling kids, he works for the charity, that's wonderful, and he should keep doing it, but he should do it all year round. It shouldn't be 
that one day or that one or two weeks in the year. Because yes, the world is miserable. But it's always miserable. It's not just today. It's always miserable. But we, if we have that joy in our hearts, we can get through the year. And then at the end of the year, when Christmas comes again, we can replenish that joy and then start the next year. Isn't that the purpose of, let's say, New Year's? It's a brand new year. It's a new beginning. Christmas is a new beginning to fill you with joy. This guy doesn't get that. And he'd rather be miserable all the time. Okay, let's finish this. Then we'll I'll ask my questions. There have been years when I've skipped Christmas completely, taken advantage of the fact that the whole country is shut down and silent, and spent the day watching horror movies alone and eating Chinese takeaway. Again, he's alone. Someone you know and love may prefer this option. For those who hate the holidays, I stand with you. I understand and know what you're going through. If you are like me, you are strapping in again, stealing yourself for the onslaught the way others might for a hurricane. I just try to ride it out. And for those of you who don't love it, but choose to participate anyway, you have my sympathies. Just put on that colorful sweater, grab some liquor in fine glassware, and slap on a smile. The world will be back to normal before you know it. I mean... What a sad, cynical little man. Can you imagine how miserable this guy is? I know people like this. I actually know people like this. And you know what? I don't want to hang with them. Because their cynicism, their misery, is all year round, every day, every weekend, all the time. It never stops. And they're the same way during the holidays. They're downers. Is it a wonder this guy is alone? Now, here's a question I have. And I read this article, and this is the first thing that came to me about, I don't know, three paragraphs in. Um, and I, I, I posted this, again, in the comments section of this post, in the Washington Post. And I've looked it up. I haven't gotten an answer yet. The question I have is, why are you posting this? What made an editor sit there and say, this is an awesome article, let's run with it? If I listed all the reasons I like Christmas, would they publish this? Or is just this just an attack on Christmas? And that's a rhetorical question. I think we all know the answer. And I think, you know something? I feel sorry for people who think like this. And leftists all think like this. And I feel bad for them. Because they're never really truly happy. They're always upset about something. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and we can, uh, tomorrow will be my last day. I will only do one more post because I'm going to LA to spend some Chris to spend Christmas with my family because I actually like Christmas. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is Gene, or a great Christmas if I, if you don't, I don't hear from you. Um... This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.